Vietnam and good morning as well to all of our listeners who are not from Vietnam, of which there are many. My name is John Maloney. I'm here with Apricot Pepsi, and this is, of course, Don't Praise the Machine, and you're listening to episode 132. Apricot, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for using my neck. Thank you for using my neck. <laughs> I've been trying to get everyone to use. I've start. I've stopped answering to Alex just to get. No, I cross my arms when my friends use my real name and I go, "What have I been asking you? What have I been asking you?" <laughs> All right, apricot. Pe- please pass the butter, apricot Pepsi. Apricot Pepsi. That's better. It's not even. You correct them even when they just say apricot. No, no, it's apricot <laughs> Pepsi each time. <laughs> And now I'm now back from, I think the last time we recorded, I was just fresh back from Bali. Uh, Mm. But I'm glad to report that we are safe and sound back in Melbourne and Jacinta, who had a bit of uh, Bali belly, I'm sure she enjoys me announcing that to everyone, (laughs) is now well. And there's actually been a bit of a silver lining, which is that when she first came back to Melbourne, she bought foods that I think she thought she would find easily digestible. And some of them are things that I've started stealing for my own consumption and enjoyment. And I found Mm. them quite uh, pleasurable. In particular, shout out to Wonder Bread, the international (laughs) carbohydrate sensation now about 100 years old, I think. Uh, I've particularly been enjoying their toast white variety. Mm. And I don't know, I think we've gone a little bit too far in Melbourne with uh, artisanal breads and kind of challenging <laughs> breads that that you <laughs> that have a lot of notes and character. And the first time I just thought, I'll oh, bugger it, I'll just try a bit of this Wonder Bread toast uh, I was like, man, that is just reminding me of all kinds of childhood lovely memories of just a nice bit of uncomplicated white buttered toast and I'll put some Vegemite on there. Maybe I could be at school camp. Maybe I could be uh, getting ready for school. It's just bringing back all those beautiful memories before we got into, you know, like five seed rise and fucking whatever <laughs> else we're doing now. Sour. Sour this exactly. and tart so and sourdough in Melm. And I think sour's not a good taste. I don't want that in my bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think, yeah, when did that happen that you stopped reaching for white bread? Mm. You weren't, you kind of go, you, you got to, I mean, I, I'm the same. As a kid, there was a lot of white bread around. Although having said that, I do still remember that it was a bit of a treat. And but mm. growing up, I remember there was there wasn't all fancy breads. There was two. It was white or brown bread. Mm-hmm. And your parents kind of knew that white bread was not great for you. <laughs> yeah. So everybody had to eat brown bread that everybody hated because mm. it wasn't it wasn't your 
the kinds of hip loaves that we've no. become uh, familiar with in the last 20 years. There was pretty much white and brown, and brown bread was just awful. Yeah, it was. But as once you became an adult, you knew... Oh, I'm not. I shouldn't really be buying white yeah, bread. Exactly. That's for that's for children. And I remember, and maybe I, you can tell me if you heard this. I remember they said that the the way one of the ways they got white bread to be so delicious mm-hmm. was that it had ground up chicken feathers in it. <laughs> did you ever hear this? No, I did. I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google this. That, that, that you, sounds like you know one how of those they you know myths, but it could be. There could be something to it. Who knows? You know, there's that thing about how well, this is true. There's rennet in white wine. There's like oh. there's like animal animal stomach in white wine wow. because it does it does something to. Gives, I think this is right. Yeah. There there is trace elements of a particular animal lining product in white wine right. because it's necessary for the vibes okay. of the wine. And I think similarly, <laughs> I remember when I'd say to mum. Oh, can't we just get white bread? And she'd go, you know that reason. That's exactly how my mum sounds. She goes, you know that reason. You bloody know how they get the bread white because it's got fucking chicken feathers in it. And we're not bloody. We're not bloody getting that. Where it's fucking. They put bleach. It's got bleach and chicken feathers in it. You don't have that shit. You can have that fucking bread when you go around to your friends' house. in this house, we have honest brown bread. That's what. Shout out to Marie. That's we're beautiful. <laughs> Melodic voice sounds like she even made you have brown bread with your fairy bread on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine how. Imagine. Imagine how hard line your parents would be to make you eat fairy bread. Yeah, with brown bread. I heard What's that, fairy bread to anybody that's not? Oh yeah, Australian John in the audience. Mm. What's tell what's them what a fairy bread, bread is? Well, it's uh, typically you take white bread, you butter it. And then you sprinkle it with what are called hundreds and thousands, which I guess are, are there's, is there a less, uh, is there a more generic name for that? I don't know. But Yeah, in the US that would be sprinkles. Okay, yeah, sprinkles. So you sprinkle it with sprinkles and then you invite all your friends around and you play Nintendo 64 and eat sprinkle bread <laughs> and you have the time of your life. But I heard that what they did was they ground up the rib that Marilyn Manson had removed so I could uh, autofillate and they used that in white <laughs> bread to make it wider. <laughs> this is from this is from uh, this is from news.com.au. It's not an urban myth or not quite. Some manufacturers use a chemical extract from poultry feathers to condition their bread dough. Wow. It's called lysistine and the food standard food standards Australia and New Zealand say it's pure and safe. Mm. So they would write, you are eating chicken feathers. I wonder if they put it in Coke. Just cut it with chicken feathers. <laughs> give it a nice <laughs> give it a nice clean whiteness. <laughs> you just go over to the uh, to the old poultry farm, just a bunch of bikies rolling up to a poultry farm <laughs> and paying a few hundred bucks for chicken feathers. <laughs> Fury over, but I'm just on I'm on news.com.au, and what an absolute treat it is being on news.com.au oh, in the uh, in the little sidebar of next to my white bread chicken feathers article. I've got Fury over beloved Australian biscuit, very rare McNugget listed for insane price, <laughs> and <laughs> great, stuff. and then bizarre Halloween advice for Aussies. Mm. Man, journalism is Don't so fucking good. dress up as Steve Irwin and still not 
funny. <laughs> that's the bizarre. That's the bizarre <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> So, Al, the next thing on my splagometer is a story that combines several recurring themes beloved listeners of Don't Praise the Machine will be familiar with. We've talked a little bit on the show about you learning German, learning a second language, and last year when mm-hmm. I visited Berlin, I was very impressed by your capacity to have uh, conversations with waiters or when we went to that... <laughs> Uh, CD <laughs> massage parley seemed to get along pretty well. Know what you wanted. I, I knew exactly. You said, now make sure you tell them this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And I was scratching, scratching my head going, fuck, I've got to remember all these words. Yeah. I don't use these too often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Entschuldigung. Uh, John, John here is mein Freund. <laughs> und <laughs> Seine Lieblings. It's like his favorite. <laughs> Sein Lieblings, seine Lieblingsdinger ist, his favorite thing is, mm. <laughs> un, un er mag nicht, and he doesn't like. There you go. Wow. Reden, chatting. <laughs> I don't like chatting. <laughs> I'm not paying you to talk. Kind of reden, bitter. He doesn't want to talk, please. <laughs> <laughs> He's painfully shy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was impressed by that as I am always impressed when I'm in Europe by the capacity of pretty much anyone who's not British to uh, speak more than one language. And uh, um, and this next story is a little bit about that and a little bit about some of the ethical problems that we've talked about on the show, including those that we've given to ChatGPT. So there's a, there's a phenomenon called the foreign language effect. And the foreign language effect is something about which there has been a mounting body of evidence over recent years. And I only found out about it in the last few days, uh, thanks to Rob and Jess, DPTMers, who put me onto this. And then I started exploring it as a bit of a, for its splagometric potential. And uh, <laughs> and this, this uh, foreign language effect has been tested in various different experiments. So I'll give you an example. The classic trolley problem which comes in a few different forms, but let's say a classic form would be you are crossing a railway bridge and you see that a train is passing and it's on the wrong track and it's going to run into uh, five people who are on the tracks and who don't have time to uh, be warned about the oncoming train and they're facing the wrong way or something. And then you notice uh, a very large man on the railway bridge and you think if I push him off, he will land on the track and stop the train uh, and he'll die, but the five people will survive. So you know that from a brute utilitarian perspective, uh, if your aim is to save the most lives, then you should do that. But a lot of people will balk at the prospect of killing somebody in order to save the lives Mm. of others. And it's a kind of an interesting intuition pump, as they say in the philosophy biz, to, to, to huh. test people's uh, intuition and their intuitive leanings ethically. And so a lot of people say if you were to take a bunch of uh, 
morons like me who can only speak English and ask them, you would get a fairly mixed response. Um, but you'd, you'd get a fair few people who find it, uh, pretty uncomfortable to, to, uh, take that course of pushing the large man onto the track. Now, if you were to, if you were to get a bunch of people who, um, are bilingual, let's say, and, you know, let's say they are like yourself, they're native English speakers, but they've learned a second language in their adulthood. And you ask them to consider this problem, uh, you, you split them up into two groups. You ask one of them to consider this problem in, the, in their first language, English. You ask the second bunch to consider it in German. What you would find is that when people are asked to consider this problem in German, they approach it in a more kind of cold, rational way, uh, not because they're speaking German, but because they're speaking, it seems, their second language. And this has been replicated with all kinds of languages and in all kinds of places around the world. And there seems to be this thing where people have a heightened capacity to think in a more rational way and to avoid various forms of cognitive bias when they're asked to think about something in their second language. So they've, the trolley problem is one example, but they've also, um, they've also experimented with certain biases that mean that people are less willing to bet a small amount of money to win a bigger amount of money, which is a kind of, um, which is a bias that affects investors negatively. They've talked about its use in relation to, uh, susceptibility to bias generally, its use in relation to cognitive biases that make us believe in false memories or make us think we're smarter than other people. All of that is positively affected by um, people being given information in their second language, which is crazy because it's, I don't know, it's just not something you would, a conclusion that you would necessarily come to on your own. But when you hear it, you sort of, maybe you can tell me a bit about whether it resonates with you. But I guess the idea would be that you learn something, you learn a language as a kid, then it's kind of linked to your, you know, older self in some ways, maybe some kind of more ingrained biases and ways of thinking. Whereas if it's just a part of your brain that you've cultivated as an adult, maybe you're a bit, a, a bit detached from those ways of thinking. So yeah, there's that. And so, I don't know, I guess it makes me think, is this why um, Americans and British and Australian people are so dumb compared to <laughs> a lot of, a lot of European people. They say, they do say that, that people sometimes feel like they have a different personality in their second language mm. as well, which, which I kind of get. Cause you, I mean, just, but I would always, always just have thought that intuitively that's because you just have to, in you have to invest more of your conscious thought typically in the in the second like like i i don't have to think twice i'm not worried about making mistakes speaking english yeah, to you yeah whereas as soon as i start speaking german to anybody half of my brain is taken up with a it's but it's like half of it is is uh, you know i need to get done what i need to get done and the other half is just all self-consciousness mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an interesting and obviously, the better that you get at the language, the more that goes down. But even my friends who speak better English, mm. I, I would argue, I've got I've got several German friends over here that speak better English than people that I know in Adelaide. Mm. And um, 
and they and they say, as we're saying to you earlier, John, they they say that they are uh, they can never be quick witted mm. in uh, in their in English, right? Uh, yeah, they yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. They feel like they feel like they could live the rest of their life speaking English. Yeah, they, they just because they're missing. The foundation, just the for, kind of spontaneity that's required for humor, or yeah, and because there's and there's so much nuance and layers yeah. in humor, yeah. And, and um, sometimes they'll be. I remember they were sitting with there was me and my friend Mason, who's American, and we were making these kind of jokes, which they understood, yeah. They were like, I get why what you're saying to each other is funny, they were enjoying it as much as we were, yeah. But they said, We'll never be able to do what you're doing. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not a language problem. It's because Germans culturally aren't funny and that's fine. It's not why I moved here. I didn't move here <laughs> for you guys to be funny. It's a very unfunny place with great it's a, quality of life. I said, it's got a great quality of life. Yeah. It's very socially liberal. You can do what you want. It's not a nanny state. Yeah. But in, I knew that there was going to be a price to pay and the price <laughs> to pay is that I don't ever laugh or smile. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you're saying that if I'm thinking in German, I'm more likely to push the old man in front of yeah. the, tr- the, the tram. I mean, there's some other issues that might um, make you more at risk of doing that, even in circumstances where it didn't serve a utilitarian purpose, I think. But, I mean, it makes you think, right, about, you know, like if you have a if you have like an, the EU, you have a sort of parliament full of people who are communicating in a language that is not their first language in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's true. Then are they, they going to like come to more rational decisions or are they going to have deliberations that are more cool, calm and collected? Made me think maybe you should, um, you know, if you want to get a lady friend, you should probably focus on someone who's speaking English to you but is maybe not English speaking, not a native English speaker because she will be just a more rational partner and um, <laughs> she'll come at things in a less kind of gut feel way, unless that's what you want. But otherwise you'd just be, you know, if she was with another German, she might be just mad as a hatter. But if she's, <laughs> when, she's when she's speaking English to you, she's a, a picture of reason. It did make me think, yeah, is there a better version of me that's just a few Spanish textbooks away and I'll be, I'll just be less of a procrastinating, irrational, you know, um, temper throwing, temper tantrum throwing alcoholic and I'll be just more, <laughs> just more reasonable person. You replay events in your mind and you think, for example, you know, if Chris Rock had, uh, told a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith as alopecia in Spanish and Will Smith had understood it in Spanish, maybe who would have thought, I'm not thrilled by that, but it would be insane to walk up on stage and slap Chris, obviously. John, you're a man that's addicted to so many things, <laughs> but one of them that <laughs> one of, one of them, on. 
One of them is you love spending a little bit of time on an Instagram. You love an Instagram Instagram Reels. Yeah. I love an Instagram Reel. Yeah. And since Instagram and the world's gone all vertical video, thanks to TikTok, mm. uh, now you got YouTube Shorts, you got Instagram Reels. Yep. You're getting a lot of videos coming up. And TikTok kind of popularized this thing where you have what I guess is called a, a viral sound or a viral song where basically somebody oh, would post yeah. a video and the video would have some music attached to it. Mm -hmm. And then people would watch that TikTok video and go, I like that song. I'm going to use that song on my video because my video has the same mm, kind of feel. Yep. Or to be honest, a lot of times when these songs are trending, people just choose them because they're trending and they know their video is going to get more views. Yeah. And a few years ago, I noticed this one song that was on a bunch of videos and I thought, that's cool. I'm hearing this song on videos quite a bit at the moment. And then I just didn't think much of it mm -hmm. because they tend to come and go, mm -hmm. these songs. They tend to trend and then pretty much disappear. Mm -hmm. But I kept noticing this one particular song never went away. Mm. It just kept being there the whole time. And it's still there to this day. And for my money, for mine, I think, I, I mean, maybe people out there can tell me as well if, uh, if, I'm, if this is just the kind of content that I'm consuming mm. is the reason that I'm getting the same song all the time or if everybody else is getting the same song all the time. Mm. The song... The song is called. The song is by a young Russian artist. Yep. It's actually by two Russian artists. Uh, the and it's the two Russian artists are called One Heart and Rydenshi. Oh yeah. And the song is called Snowfall. Now that's not going to mean a lot to a lot of people because no. most people aren't total music nerds like me that go and look <laughs> all of this shit up. But some people will know it. Mm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play. I'm going to play first the piano version of it. Somebody did a piano cover of it on YouTube okay. because I don't want to trigger any of the copyright uh, the copyright algorithms yeah, that, okay. that, 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 that scan our podcast, like the copyright Stasi. Mm, exactly. Um, so so there's, there's so many covers of it. And uh, somebody, this is a guy called G Carnicero87 has done a beautiful piano cover of it so this will be fun too because i think anybody out there this is not the original this is just a piano cover guys out there why don't you write in and let me know if this is a song <laughs> that you know That's making me think about. <laughs> it's given me a nice blend of happy and sad, making me think about my well, that's childhood. That's the thing. Exactly, John. That's what everybody has 
said about this song, and I, it's a it's it has a particular quality. This song that makes it very shareable, mm. that makes it function so well on so many different types mm-hmm. of vertical video. Mm social media content. So a lot of people have written. So first of all, it look it, it started to blow up a few years ago. I actually I actually tried to find an interview with One Heart or Raidenshi mm-hmm. um or an article. I assume normally when I think of these things and there's something that's really popping off on the internet, it's it's quite easy to just find an article like a journalist will have been ahead of me and they would have found these guys and interviewed them and talked about why the song is everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't seem to have been written yet. So maybe this huh. is a good to be honest, because me and you were trying to start a website with a blog. This would be a, the perfect article to write. Yeah, as, as far totally. as I can tell, that as far as I know, there is no article mm. yet. Um Thankfully, I was able to actually find an interview with them both, no, with uh, with One Heart on YouTube from the last five months, and it's in Russian because they're both Russian huh. guys. Um, so this guy, One Heart, yep. he, it's a collaboration between him. He's a 17-year-old Russian whiz kid. Wow. And I'm not sure. He, he was obviously already making music online and had a profile and had networked mm. because he got... He got sent the melody by another artist whose name is Raidenshi. Mm-hmm. So Raidenshi is actually the guy who wrote the piano melody. He sent oh, the piano yeah. melody over to One Heart and it's very dry, the idea. I can actually might actually play because I don't think we'll get, we won't get pegged for this either because this is not, shouldn't be in any, in any content recognition system. So this is the original idea that Raidenshi sent to One Heart. Uh-huh несправедливо, что ли. Он написал мелодию, то есть сама основа это вот его. Even listening to that, I'm getting a little choked up over here. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the that's the idea that Raidenshi sent to One Heart. Uh-huh. Then One Heart turned it into a fully produced piece with a ton of atmosphere and a lot of effects. Mm. Then they got it they got it picked up by a label mm-hmm. which is called the label is called Dreamscape. Okay. And then the label and then the label the label Dreamscape then paid for Facebook ads and Instagram ads to try and promote it. Mm. And um and it worked and then people got served the song and hmm. started using it on their uh, social media posts. The first time I actually saw it was, uh, there was, there's a, I think he's Kazakhstani uh, social media guy. He's massive. He's called Argen, Argenbi or Arjunbi. Yeah. And uh, somebody out there might have, some others out there might've seen this video. This is the first time I heard this song. Right. And it's this very funny video. It's, it's actually, it's, I don't know if it is funny or sad and maybe that's why mm. the song worked so well. And it's this Kazakhstani guy and he's walking along in a coat. It looks quite cold. Mm-hmm. And the song is playing Snowfall by One Heart and Raidenshi. Mm-hmm. And he's kicking a stone along the ground yep. and kind of giggling and laughing with childhood joy as as he manages to kick the stone right. and it rolls in front of him. Yeah. And then he does, it, this video is like 10 seconds long at the most. And then he goes to kick the stone again and his foot misses the stone. Ah. And he keeps walking and he goes, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's no, he doesn't say anything. Mm. It's, uh, it doesn't have any speech. But then as he walks past the stone that he's missed, there's a there's a shot of the stone laying on the ground as, and he kind of turns around and looks at it and walks past. And then he just starts crying. <laughs> 
and then and then that kind of swell of the song and he sort of cries and all these people in the comments started writing like bro this gets me in the feels i totally you know, it was almost like he had lost something yeah. he once had. It was kind of like so many nostalgia. Dis- yeah. So many interpretations. But I think the one thing about it is it, it kind of just screamed nostalgia. Mm. Like the stone represented something that he had that brought him childhood innocence and joy. Yeah. And then he went to kick it again like it would always be there. And he missed and he had to keep walking and leave it behind. And as he left it behind, oh he started weeping. Yeah. And everybody just went what is going on with my feelings in this song? <laughs> and everybody, everybody started posting their videos with Rydenshi and One Heart hmm. Snowfall. And, and it is on everything. Yeah. And this is two, three, two, three years later. Huh. And I'm still seeing it's true. it. It's got a lot just of about longevity, does not I mean, there's a few that have, that I probably can't even remember anymore because as soon as you stop hearing them, they just exit your brain. But, there's a kind of small collection that are seem to be attached to about kind of 80% plus of the random things that the Instagram algorithm just serves you if you if you're surfing around Instagram and i've actually got one now on my like spotify favorites playlist for the year because i was just um i just kept hearing it and i uh and i like the feel of it for exactly the same reason because you it gave you this kind of heightened and ambiguous poignancy that meant that you could use it as a vehicle to think about, you know, good things or sad things or exactly. like kind of sweetly funny things or tragic things. So you can attach it to so many different narratives, which is why, of course, it's it, it's caught on as a kind of accompaniment to so many different memes. And I don't know. If you're thinking about like a Wham song or something, <laughs> you know, you've got... F- Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> exactly. You've got fewer tonal choices to make as a meme maker. <laughs> um, right. So Rai Denshi is classically trained. So mm. it's from somebody who really knows what they're doing. And mm. so he has a real skill and talent. And so he's created this beautiful melody that right. He talks a little bit in that interview that I found. Um, they speak to him briefly over the phone and he mentions these sort of tonal things that he, these little tonal changes that he, that he did with it mm, to give okay. it this really interesting, this interesting, happy, sad yeah. thing. I might actually get you, John, to, I might actually get you to read some of the comments on the, uh, on the YouTube page yeah, because it. it's really interesting to see what it means to people. This song, it has, it has, um, I checked on Spotify. It has over 400 million play. It has four currently on Spotify. It has 412 million plays oh. for this two, two minute instrumental drumless ambient track. <laughs> um, how many? And 412 million on Spotify. Oh, fuck. And on YouTube. Mm. Uh, Those are DPTM numbers. It's <laughs> getting up there. Yeah, so I'm going to send you, so maybe you can read for me, John, some of the top comments here on uh, the YouTube video of it. It's amazing what it's, it's just provoking this outpouring of feelings, all of which you can sort of understand when you listen to the song, but 
you know, somebody's written, for example, this song gives me a hug. And then, uh, someone else says the worst feeling isn't being alone. It's being forgotten by someone you could never forget. And then someone's, <laughs> someone's written, just imagine being 80 years old, hearing this again, man, oh man, the emotions we will feel. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. I really want to believe this is the song playing in your head while you're dying. Mm. And it says, this is quite poignant. The person said, amazing how such a simple, beautiful melody can unite so many people on so many levels. I will forever love this song. And someone said, this song reflected the culmination of a wordless feeling of a whole generation that came across <laughs> contemporary internet culture. That pointless, <laughs> that poignant feeling of melancholy, nostalgia, and yearning all together. This song represented wow. it and much more. Man, get that person on the show, John. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we do. That's bonked woofy for. That's our job. Yeah, it's um, it's true. And I'm just gonna write. Don't fucking. I don't need an essay. Just let me listen to the song and appreciate it <laughs> on my own terms. Um, I found I found a Reddit thread about it. There's, there's tons of people on Reddit that just post videos, like particularly when it first came out. I think people were struggling to find it, so people were posting on Reddit, going, "What is this song mm. that I've just found on this video?" And somebody said, "This song is affection. It's love. It's compassion. It's so much. It's undescribable. Wow. It's so beautiful and meaningful." And then somebody else has written on Reddit, just imagine hugging. This is the kind of nostalgia thing that a lot of people connect with. Just remember, just imagine you hugging your younger self and mm. telling yourself it will be all right. Yeah. Look back at everything you've experienced. Oh, God. We live a life. Wow. We are actual creatures with our own present, past, and future. We grow, we learn, we change. It's also fascinating and dazzling and weird. And the other wow. interesting thing that I found on Reddit, and this, again, really speaks to this an internet culture thing which i don't which i think has come from the spotify era which is this this kind of blending of different art forms into a feeling or an aesthetic because somebody on reddit has written can somebody recommend me films mm. that feel like oh, this song yeah. that was their that's their request yeah. they said can you give me recommendations of films mm. so like i want to sit through a 2 hour film yeah. that has the sa that gives me the same kind of feeling yeah, yeah. as snowfall by one heart and right inch and someone said deuce bigelow european gigolo <laughs> 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 